I'm Becky. And I'm Susie. And welcome to Archiekins, the podcast where we try to entangle the jingle from the jingle on each week's episode of Riverdale. So this week we have two episodes to cover because the first of the two, episode 11, I think, was bad. And episode we got 12. It. Oh, episode 12. We just went through this. <laughs> Whoops. Well, it was bad. No matter what, it was bad. And we didn't like it. And it doesn't deserve its own episode because it was like a filler flashback episode. It was like a villain origin story, and I think we all learned from Cruella, we don't need our villains to have origin stories. Did you actually watch Cruella? I did not, no. Oh, well. <laughs> well, me either. But I totally agree, we did not need a Hiram origin story, we did not need a bottle episode for that. Um, if anything, I would take one for Penelope, but that's not what we Oh got. my god, wait, that is a great idea. I mean, they should keep doing it, but... We we got Jaime Luna's origin, which is basically that he grew up poor. He learned that it was kind of like The Departed, like a, a mob boss took him under his wing and he started being errand boy for this mob boss. And then, I don't know, he like had his first time beating someone. He ended up doing a drive-by of the other mob- mafioso people. And like, it it was just... Like, literally, no one cares. Like, I'm sorry. And then the mob boss, like, killed his dad or something. Oh, yeah. But why did the mob boss kill his dad? I, like, I think maybe he tried to quit, and the mob boss was like, there's no quitting. But I'm sort of making that up, because I literally don't remember. Mustachioed Hiram playing his father was really a trip. That was that was very um, it was very Mario and Luigi kind of look. <laughs> But and I like that his son was in it again. I think young his son is very cute. Young Consuelos. We always welcome Young Consuelos. Yeah. And but Hermosa I made think... another um, appearance, and we love that. More Who screen did? time for Hermosa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So those were, okay, I'd say three big takeaways. One, Hermosa is still working with Hiram and still, like, doing some shady business on the side with him. In this case, she helped him track down this mob boss guy who he finally got revenge on after... 30 years the right, guy can carry a punch number two he says that he came back to riverdale to find palladium which was his dad's dream this is not true we viewers know because he came to riverdale since he was in jail and then his wife and daughter went to riverdale while he was in jail i so, know i found that so frustrating this like retrofitting of a narrative on someone where it's like Riverdale obviously decided it right now, and it would be interesting and cool if they Easter egged it all along, but they didn't. Right. They're just changing their minds about what happened. And I was like, that's lame. We remember season one. Yeah, we remember all of this. Um, but you know what? They can they can pretend that it's whatever they need it to be. And then number three, they gave us a nice reminder about Hiram's illness while Hiram was watching Hermione and Veronica in what seemed to be an episode of Real Housewives of New York. And or That was he's so like, funny. It was great. It was awesome. Where was Andy? <laughs> That's or all he was, was like, missing. or he like bugged their room. Right. I couldn't tell if it was like good production value or if it was like uh, a TV show. 
yeah, it was Bravo or a security camera, and we're going to give Hiram the benefit of the doubt and say that it was Bravo, even though we didn't have any lower thirds or things that would usually be in a Bravo clip, but it's fine. Um, The other thing that we learned is that Reggie is, like Hiram, in business with Hiram because of his father to pay off his dad's debts. We had a nice, it's not my dream, it's yours moment. And then Hiram lets Reggie go. Right. Hiram learns from his mistakes. Yes. Which, Um, I don't know. I don't really trust him to have let him go, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Overall, we give the episode, like, what, a two, a three out of ten? For sure, yes. A very low number out of ten. So filler. This is why people don't have 23 episode seasons anymore. It's also like Riverdale could be a tight 12 and everyone would be fine with it. You know? That's so true. I would almost like it more. Yeah. Um, so episode 13 is way more fun. We've got many musical numbers. We've got a Coyote Ugly cameo of sorts. Have you seen Coyote Ugly? I've seen half of it a long time ago. And I was like, I forgot that Tyra Banks was in it. And I love things referring to it as the Tyra Banks movie instead of Piper Perabo or whatever. Yeah. Whose legacy endures? Whose legacy (laughs) endures? It's Tyra. We also have like a big dog subplot in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of dog stuff. (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of PTSD. Should we start with Archie? Yeah, let's start with Archie. So Archie is... What's the friend's name? Uh, Eric Jackson. Right. Eric Jack. I mean, everyone has like fun alliterative names in this. Every single person has like a fun name in this show, except for Eric Jackson, who's like Mr. Yeah. Square. Um, yeah. But so Eric Jackson's having PTSD and Archie tries to call the VA to get him help with it, but... As everyone knows, the VA is a very bureaucratic organization and he just cannot get through. And he's getting a little frustrated. So his uncle, not Fred, Uncle George, what's Frank. his name? Frank. Frank. Uncle Frank gets them an emotional therapy dog. Yay, Frank. So This is cute. the best thing that Frank has ever done. And then Archie's like, he's probably thinking about bingo because they see Eric Jackson like kind of wistfully looking at the dog and uncle frank is like who's bingo and archie's like bingo was this dog that we like hung out with when we were in war flashback to them at war and you hear this dog barking in the background he couldn't save the dog because he had to save eric during this episode my roommate katie was watching and she was like what war is this and why are they in the trenches that's not how we do war anymore and that i think is a good point it's true it's world war one yes War that has never existed. Yes. Um, anyway, so there's a whole, like, bingo moment. And then, Becky, you want to talk about the the dogs and how much further they take us? So the interesting thing about bingo is that we do end up learning bingo was a human, not a dog. We learned that from Eric Jackson, revealing, A, that Archie is also suffering from quite a bit of PTSD. Like, go figure, obviously. And B... That there is no real reason why this dog would have conjured memories of the human bingo. <laughs> and so, I thought maybe what happened was that Archie, like, like in his trauma brain, replaced bingo as a person to a dog. But then later, Frank was like, I found out who bingo really was. And Archie's like, yeah, it's true. He was a person. But it's like, Archie, then why did you think that Eric Jackson looking at the dog was him thinking of bingo, your friend? I think the issue is that Archie has been thinking about Bingo, and um, Archie is not okay. 
Archie's not okay. Archie's but not okay. this emotional therapy dog will hopefully help. Um, Archie, in the meantime, learns from Frank that this is actually not a trained emotional support dog. This is actually a dog that has been rescued from uh, a dog fighting ring. So this Which dog also has probably his own not issues. what these like PTSD people need. Yeah, it's not. It, it's it's good to have a pet, but it's also good to know that your pet is not trained to assist you emotionally, but rather is uh its In own need problem. Of emotional assistance. Yes, it's fine. They're all gonna save each other. This is like a big old bachelor pad full of like veterans who are dealing with their issues, um, which is good emotional support just within that group, but. Archie gets really upset about this uh, dogfighting ring, and he goes and gets the guy who's been inserting the ring. He beats him up. This is very reminiscent of old Archie habits, and it's, like, so reminiscent that nothing about this is surprising or um, raises the stakes for us in any way, but we're just like, oh, my God, can Archie please get some help? And Frank says to Archie in a very uh, key moment, you can't save everyone. Mm. And this is what we have been trying to tell Archie the whole time. We've right. Been trying to tell him every season of this podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't think he'll internalize it this time because he hasn't yet. He uh, hasn't. But it was okay. random. The, this this plot for Archie was really random. And it ends with a dog rescue center in Riverdale so that Frank can show Archie that people can be good. Whatever. Um Right. Let's talk about Kevin. Kevin Watch. Kevin Watch SOS. Yeah. The boy who has already gotten in and out of one cult, call back to Farmies, is being indoctrinated into a second cult. And why must we make this Kevin's destiny? Why? Why? At first, he's like, he shows up to Cheryl's, like, sermon, and then he's like, I think I have to talk to Fangs. And she's like, you have to just tell Fangs how you're feeling. So he goes to Fangs's, and who is in Fangs' apartment but oh Moose? Moose looks great. Moose does look great. He looks like a lumberjack, like, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, he's like a little scraggly. Yeah. Like, it works for him. You're seeing Moose Mason. We just we just ran into each other. Kev, why don't you sit down? We'll have a glass of wine. We can talk about this. Yeah. No, thank you. I've got to wake up from this nightmare in which... My ex-boyfriends are sleeping together. But then he's like, not only are my ex-boyfriends with each other to Cheryl, he's like, this is not what I want to be doing. I don't want to be in Riverdale teaching. I don't, this Mm -hmm. is like, I'm back in my old high school. Like he's having a real crisis. But also it's my entire life. Like I love being a teacher, but it was never supposed to be my life's calling. This award is a painful reminder of all that I haven't accomplished. Okay, I'm supposed to be in New York, writing, performing, directing instead i'm in riverdale still cruising the woods unlucky in love being named teacher of the year to dying high school okay this can't be my life it just it 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 can't be i think i have an idea that might not fix all of your problems but will replenish your artist's soul and meanwhile cheryl is actively recruiting him to be a member of their church I think Cheryl genuinely thinks that she's doing the right thing here, but it is not the right thing because Kevin is vulnerable yet again. I mean, for a guy who's saying, I didn't think I'd be here all these years later in Riverdale teaching, supposed to be on Broadway, like 
yet another old pattern is to be lost enough that you can be indoctrinated into a cult, which is unfortunate, but... Cheryl's like, oh, you feel like you're not being creatively challenged? Like, I know exactly what to do. Why don't you be the choreographer and singer for our church cult? Which is, like, obviously not what Kevin needs. Or This is a step down. This is absolutely a step down. Teaching to being a, a church choir art director? Like, this is a step down. Also, let's talk about um, the church wearing the church going garb for Cheryl's church it is an all red uniform, which not to make it too simplistic, but seems kind of devilly. I was going to say the same thing. Like, come on, yes, really? Like that's what you wear to church. It's not appropriate. And it's extremely form fitting instead of like these big, like billowy robes. And um, Becky, don't slut shame the churchgoers. I'm not slut shaming. I'm saying this is not, this is not church. This is not common church garb. It's not traditional church gear. That's true. But this is like and a cool church. It's not a cool church. It, it's taking place in this very old school stained glass window like area. They need to, I think, they need to upgrade to full mega church. They need to get into a modern mm. auditorium. They need Cheryl to have a little uh, microphone. And they need an audience of like 10,000 people that they reach through live casting. I agree with that. And they would also do a really good job at that. Yeah, they do okay. Um, I wonder if um, Cheryl's still seen Jason. Probably. Yeah, we didn't get a ton of Cheryl this week besides her involvement with Kevin. Though I will say, I mean, I am not slut-shaming. I will just say objectively, Cheryl is not wearing appropriate outfits for a teacher at Riverdale. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that, like, it's not, it's too, it's too low. The scoop is too deep. And Wait, Cheryl doesn't teach, though. But like, does Cheryl she no, teach? No, I think she does vixen stuff. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, because otherwise, if she's not teaching, what is she doing at Riverdale High every day? No, all of her friends. <laughs> like are there. she has to be doing something. Um. Anyway, we're concerned about Kevin. We don't think that this is a good place for him. But where is Sheriff Keller? Yeah, Sheriff Keller is so good. Now he's MIA. So let's um, talk about Veronica and Reggie yes. next. They absolutely have to be dating because now they've got all this on-screen time together. I know. It's really fun. Um, Veronica has found a very easy way to get money, which is just get investors. Investors for what? I guess investors that she will invest their money? Yeah, she's basically being a personal hedge fund where she's taking investors' money and she's investing it for them. And she's like, have you ever heard of an IPO, Matt? Like... Mr. Preston, it's Reginald Mantle from Pearls and Posh. Boy, do I have an exciting proposition for you. Yes, Mr. Gibbs, we're smaller than some of the New York firms, but it means we'll work that much harder for you. And just to be clear, though I want your business, I don't need your business. No, she actually, she um, seemingly was tapping David Mamet for, as one of her investors, because she said his name, and as we all know, he is Zosha Mamet's father. Oh my god, I didn't the, know that. Uh, yeah, acclaimed pay- playwright. He's a big deal. So oh, I thought that's that pretty was cool. Funny. Yeah. That's funny. Um, Zosha Mamet was on, had a cameo in the other two. And I was like, I didn't know how to pronounce your name. Oh, that feels right. That feels right for her. Um, She's so chaotic. <laughs> the other two is just like Search Party and it's like New York City comedy cameos. This one's awesome. I have to watch it. Yeah. Um. Anyway. 
So she's like being a girl boss. She's back to being the wolf. She wolf of Wall Street, but like in her own small Ugh, way. She has to stop saying that. It's stop so embarrassing. That. It's like, but Reggie's like, I want to. Who's help writing you out. this show? <laughs> yeah. So Veronica needs to make hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars to uh, help pay back the Chad scheming. And she seems to have, like, a very straightforward way of doing this, which is, yeah, getting her investors to believe in her and put all of their money into her one-woman fund. But it's not one woman anymore. She's got Reggie, and she's like, Reggie, you can't trade. To be a Wall Street trader, you need to know finance and politics and diplomacy. And he's like, I worked at a used car lot. Like, I could do anything. It's just sales. And he's right, and I have to agree that he's right. You don't need yeah. Any knowledge to be on Wall Street, you just need to be a schmoozy um, person. Probably. I mean, you need to know what to do with the money, but I'm not convinced that Veronica knows what to do with the money. Is she trying to sell things? She's not doing a great job, so maybe she needs a salesman. She's doing. She's a hedge fund manager, so right. she's so she investing has to invest the money. people's money. But she's also she trying to sell cut. people on the. She needs she's them. She's like, on. she's like, give me your money so I can invest it. Right. So Reggie has an appropriate role here as the one who's like, give me your money. Yeah. Anyway, so they're kind of bopping around. They're doing a good job. The only thing that does happen, and this is pretty important, Reggie's like, I know where we can find more investors because Cheryl tapped out her resources. And he's like, what about Veronica. Sodale? Right, sorry. Um, he's like, Sodale is um, actually fake. Sodale is just like an empty thing for Hiram to get palladium. But then where is everyone who went to Riverdale High going to school? Like, the reason why Riverdale, like, Sodale existed because they diverted the public funds from Riverdale to Sodale. But it's mm-hmm. like, does no one live there? Where does everyone from Riverdale live now? Yeah. No, isn't um, Sodale where the, the Stonies were? Yeah. Yeah, so Reggie calls it an empty lot, and it's not an empty No, it's lot. actually, it's, it's, uh, like, in the, in the season before this, it was a literal town. With like <laughs> houses, but so was Riverdale. So was that's Riverdale, true. Now so. he's got a couple of fake towns. But so then Veronica's talking to her father's investors, and she's like, "I can promise you thirty-five percent ROI in three years." And I'm like, "Can you promise that?" Like, yeah, seems like Veronica is starting her own Ponzi scheme, similar to Chad, and she is doing it to pay back Chad's debt. Yeah, and where where is the reason here? Where yeah. is the reason? Why don't you go back to Wall Street? make a six-figure salary for three years and use that to start paying back Chad's debt. She's like, you don't have to be on Wall Street to do IB. And it's like, but there's a reason most people do it exactly that way. Right. Oh, my God. Anyway. We'll have to see how that pans out. But I'm excited Cheryl's for like, Reggie once again, not learning. Veronica. God, why do people call her Cheryl? I don't know. Veronica's once again not learning. Um. Okay. Betty and Tabitha, the most fun storyline per so Betty and they Tabitha have teaming tension. up is amazing. Ooh, I would love that. Me too. I think there's something there. Or they're just like such good actors, like the tension's off the charts because they're acting their butts off to each other. If um if Jughead found out about that, he'd have a very similar moment that Kevin did. Yeah, he'd have a, a sad moment. Where was Jughead this episode? He's he's in his Mothman wormhole thing. I have no idea. Oh, who cares? Okay. Well, so Betty and Tabitha are like, Betty's like, even though I was fired from the FBI, I'm still going to find whoever took um, Polly the good old-fashioned way. She pretends to be a trucker, which I think is is not very convincing because she's a pretty blonde woman pretending to be mm-hmm. a trucker. She right. sees this other trucker <laughs> and she's like, I'm just taking a rest from my trucking. Like, and then she, he's like, do you want to get Susie in my car? Winked. 
Oh, okay. right. I winked. Uh, dear reader, I winked. This is an audio It's <laughs> a listener. And then turns out this was an FBI sting because Glenn, the piece of shit he is there. They do that like Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. Like, no, I'm FBI. Like, you're the bad guy. Um, <laughs> and then Glenn, this piece of shit, knowing that there are all these girls going missing on the lonely highway, is like, let me go arrest the women for prostitution, not mm-hmm. arrest the mass murderer who's killing these women and selling them sex trafficking. It's classic bad cop bullshit. And Betty calls him out. Can't believe she ever dated Glenn. He is so embarrassing. What the hell are you doing out here? I'm trying to catch our killer. What are you doing, Glenn? I'm trying to clean up the lonely highway. By entrapping young women, we should be helping them, not arresting them. God, I should have stabbed you harder when I had the chance. Yeah, we learned nothing about Glenn's recovery, and I'm glad for <laughs> Um... And then Betty and Tabitha are like, you know what we need to do? We need to bring the truckers to us since I can't pretend to be an FBI agent anymore. Like, let's just ignore the fact that Betty keeps her FBI jacket, which very conveniently she whips out later, but that's okay. Um, And they're like, we, the best thing to do would be to pull a coyote ugly and get the truckers in Riverdale as a truck stop, which kind of makes sense to me. Riverdale, like, feels like it should be a truck stop because it's not anything else. It's not really a driving town. town. Famously, yeah. Yeah. So, Fangs, we have an idea that we would love for you to run by, Tony. If we want to attract the highway killer, we have to give him something enticing to look at. So, what do you think about turning this place into a full-blown, coyote-ugly-style bar? Like the Tyra Banks movie? Exactly. Hot ladies dancing on the bar, fully clothed, of course, and free-flowing booze. It would be the perfect thirst trap. Who are the hot ladies? Us. We are. The goal of this is to get the truckers to come to Riverdale. They'll take down their names and license plates. Kevin and some, or not Kevin, who was it? Fangs can go like uh, into the truck compartments and see if there's anything suspicious back there. Not that the truckers would bring like the humans that they're trafficking or anything like that, but maybe, for example, there was blood on right. one truck that they found. And, um, yeah. And, and it leads to a really fun musical number. Yeah. I mean, sometimes musical numbers really miss, and sometimes they really hit, and in this case, they absolutely hit. Uh, the only way I could have hit harder was if it were actually a double Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, okay. Anyway, so then at the end of the day... Betty's ready to leave, and some scary guy is oh like, so scary. Want to go for a cruise in a truck? And she sees blood on the truck, and she's like, Hell yes, my guy. So she gets in the car, literally, so crazy. She texts Tabitha, like, Tail me, found him, yellow bus. Um, and Tabitha does follow them. But first, first, the tracker pulls over with Betty. And he is talking about something. I kind of tuned up, but then I tuned back in. He was like, lifeless body. And I was like, ooh. Um, He pulls over. He gets out, goes around to Betty's side, ready to stab her. She's ready for him. She knocks him down. She tells Tapitha to come, but she turned her back on the body. So stupid. Always a mistake. Yeah. Then this guy comes back at Betty with a chainsaw. And it is scary. He is using the chainsaw to uh, bust through the cab door, bust through the cab ceiling. It gets very slasher film for a second. But 
then um, Betty throws a well-aimed wrench at his head, knocks him right out. Really and, good aim. Yeah, amazing. Such good training. And then Tabitha shows up, and the the continuation of this is going to be, what are they going to do with this guy? Betty wants to take him before bringing him to law enforcement to see if she can get any information about Polly or the other women, if this is, in fact, their guy. And Betty's going rogue. Betty's going to do some vigilante stuff it. herself. But and it's you like... Know what? It's going to work. She's, she's a mayor. She's a regular mayor. You she have to take it into mayor. your own hands. Exactly. She worked for law enforcement. She saw that they are actually very ineffective and she needs to take yes. things into her own hands. Unlike Archie, yes. who does it recklessly, Betty is quite smart. Exactly. And then we'll have to see what she does with this uh, trucker sleaze on the next episode. Yeah, pretty good episode. Oh, and I think Josie and the Pussycats are coming back. I saw <gasps> that. That is so exciting. I bet that they're coming to help with the Coyote Ugly Bar. Oh, that's fun. Good idea. Yeah. Um, another thing is the AV Club has stopped recapping Riverdale, which is very upsetting to me because I read their recaps every single week. Uh, it was kind of like the last big media um, interest in Riverdale. But you know what? We're still interested. We're still recapping. And we are perhaps lone wolves now. But it's our niche. The show is great. Oh, the other other thing is once again, we have an Instagram at Archikins Pod. You should follow it. Um, okay. All right. Until next week. Ta-ta for now. Ta-ta. Empty streets, deserted rooms. It's better if we bring them back. Let's bring back lockdown for another year or 10 until it's really safe to be together, until being in a crowd isn't a risk, until we can fill schools without fear, until we can be close without worrying. But we're not there yet. We're still too dangerous to each other. Every gathering is a gamble, and we never know how risky a stranger could be. Lockdown has helped keep us alive. This is the voice of Ileana Zuckerman, Parkland student. It was the safest I felt since what happened at school. We can't depend on a pandemic to reduce school shootings. Go to bringbacklockdown.com to support new gun control laws. Change the ref.